hello 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 welcome everyone my name is obina and this is the afri people podcast today we are talking to nancy a career services and internship program coordinator at page education foundation it's a mouthful nancy and i had a long and great conversations with different themes popping up from when your backup backs you up to when all the preparation in the world breaks down to just vibes, the journey from shyness to confidence, and even a bit about accepting your identity when your environment rejects it. It was a great conversation, so I won't say too much. I hope you enjoy the episode. So hello, 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 Nancy. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, Obi. I'm hello. good. Happy Living Sunday. Life. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, the Afro People podcast. It's a fun time. Yes. Uh, for those who don't know, we have known each other for now, I want to say, what, five years? Four years? Okay, we've been out. I've been out for two years. So I want to say almost six years. Six years. Yeah. Yes, we met in uni, went to the same uni. She is. She was a youngling in the uni when I met her. <laughs> year or two younger than you let the record show let the <laughs> no but nancy's an amazing person so i'm really excited because you've been on a bit of a journey since graduating and oh, finding yeah. yourself so i know i i found your your story interesting so hopefully other people find it interesting as well um but yeah to start off though yeah tell us a bit about yourself who are you nancy even though i've said your name multiple times <laughs> what do you do <laughs> who are you who um are you? Yeah, well, I guess, I don't know, someone always taught me to start from the beginning, you know, from the beginning, beginning, you know, mm. in that beginning, have you heard that? No. That's fine. That's fine. Are you trying to be funny? I'm sorry. It's a reference, but it's okay if you don't get it. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm Kenyan-American, was born in Kenya, raised in America, lived here for way too long, for almost um, 20-some years now. Um I've been I've been working, man. I mostly mostly work in education. Um, right now, I work for the Page Education Foundation, um, which helps students of color in Minnesota pursue and complete college. Um, before that, I was a high school math teacher, and of course, I started off uh, in uni with OB. I got my degree in math and education and linguistics. You know, after switching it, how many sometimes? <laughs> But, you know, I'm here now. Um, I am the second eldest of four kids, even though I feel like the eldest. But it's okay. I'll take second eldest. It's fine. You know, that's the um, middle child syndrome, you know? It's, like. it's middle child, but I, I don't know. Everyone thinks I am the oldest. You know, it, it's it's funny. I saw a uh, TikTok that was like, um, if you're ever figuring, trying to figure out which of the siblings is the oldest, look for the shortest one. And that's true. Really? Yeah. I'm 5'3", my little sister's 5'9", and my little brother is like 6'2". Oh, wait, and my so older sits, but my older sister is also 5'9", so it's like, everyone's like looking at me like, you're not the oldest? Yeah, what happened? You'd like, you took the, oh, well, okay, I won't, I won't say like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You're, I, you're I took the L. I took the L. Let's be real. I took the L. Everybody else got the height genes. I did not. It's okay. It's okay. It's we're here, we're here, we're here. We're happy. We're smiling. We're smiling. I say it's stress. I I claim younger siblings put stress on their older siblings. Therefore, it stunts their growth. All right, I'm not I'm not gonna go too deep into that. I feel like uh-huh. there are a lot of things debunking that theory. But hey, respect. That is who you are. <laughs> um, but you said a couple of things though. Um, I want to go into two things, but let's start with education so that's an interesting thing because like it seems from university you've always been like i want to go into education Mm. but why and yeah how's that experience been for you actually no in uni i did not want to go into education i was like are you kidding that's not where the money is oh really okay no i wanted to be an engineer that was my first Mm go-to out of high school in high school i was taking um engineering courses as well as IB courses and I was like okay I'm gonna go into engineering I'm gonna you know become an engineer make lots of money and it's gonna be great it's gonna be good like I knew I could do it I'm like yeah I have the mindset for it you know 
Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let me do this. Um, I got to uni. Uh, I initially wanted to go to the University of Minnesota. I got into their college of, edu- or college of engineering. And I was like super proud of myself. I'm like, yeah. And then I got the bill. And I said, you know what? Let's reconsider, <laughs> Let's reconsider a little bit here. Because I knew I wanted to get my master's eventually. I'm like, you know what? It's okay if we get a slightly different degree. Because I had talked to people in the field. You don't need the exact degree to go into what you want to go into. So you know what? Let me go to SUNY. Because the bill, so much cheaper. I could afford that. And I knew I'd probably have either zero or very little debt. And that was my main goal. So I said, you know what? Let me just go to St. Olaf. Even though they don't have an engineering degree, I'll just throw some STEM majors together, figure it out, and it'll be fine. Yeah. So I came in. I initially was a chemistry major. Quickly Why? dropped Why that. Do that? No. no. It was not it. It was not it at all. I was so upset. Because, <laughs> you know, I was so good at chemistry in high school. And I did IB chemistry, too. So I thought I was amazing. And I got humbled so quickly. I mean, that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. So I was yeah. like, okay, okay, okay. It's fine. So I dropped chemistry. I was taking calculus at the time. I'm like, ah, calculus is so easy. You know what? Let me just be a math major. It's close enough. And I could still become an engineer with a math degree. I know I can. So yeah. I did that. And then in my calculus class, we had an assignment where we had to teach the next section of the book, the one that the professor has not gotten to yet. And so I said, okay, fine, I can do this. I enjoyed putting it together. I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we can explain it to make sure people understand. Yeah. And, you know, this is like a couple weeks of other people teaching lessons in the book that we have never talked about before. And I just remember after our presentation, everyone coming back saying, oh my goodness, yours is the one we actually understood. Like I actually learned it and didn't have to go back and read the book because you guys explained it so well. And I'm like, wow, I did do a good job, didn't I? This is and like clockwork, okay. like clockwork, the man knew. Uh, the head of the math education department came in and was like, hey, if you guys enjoyed this lesson, Consider doing math teaching, you know, consider math education for a major. And I said, you yeah. know what? It's, 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 it's like basically a minor, you know, it was a, what did they call it? It was just the extra one. It, they didn't have minors. But concentration, they concentration. Concentration. There we go. Yeah. It's just education concentration. So I said, okay, you know, I can add it on. It's fine. Like I have room for it because mm-hmm. I was already ahead. I knew I'd graduate. I could possibly graduate early. So I said, all right. Started doing education classes, and that's and that's when I got into it. And that's mm-hmm. when I was like, okay, you know what? I think we might be switching directions here. So, yeah, it wasn't always education, but it slowly did become education. Yo, that's a story, though. And that's that's an interesting thing as well, because I feel if you did not have that experience, do you think you would have gone on this track? I don't know. I think I might have. Because I've always, you know, I always knew I'd, I, I always had confidence I'd be a good teacher if I were to teach anything. Uh, uh, you know, I was always the one, I was always the friend in my classes who people are like, Nancy, I don't get it. And I'm like, okay, I can try to explain it, but you know, I'm, I'm not the best at it. The other kid is. And they're like, yeah, but you explain it well. Even if you don't completely get it, you still explain it well. So I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe it did give me the confidence to be like, you know, let me try it out. Let me let me mm-hmm. see what it's about. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, that's that's cool. And okay, so you had that experience, and you, you did a concentration, and then you graduated uni, and then you became a teacher. Was it anything like what you expected? Well, it, the fact of the matter is, I actually wanted to quit education before I even graduated. Oh, okay. Now, okay. There's a whole thing here. Then, yes. It was a, no, it was a journey. There's a whole thing. There's a whole gen. There's a whole peaks and drops and. Yes. It, it wasn't straight shot. I know what I want to do. I go do. No, there's there's hills and valleys. Okay. You know? Tell me. So I did the education concentration. I was enjoying it at first, and I'm like, okay, I'm good at this. Hmm. The issue is when you start doing it, you realize how messed up it is. You're just like, I'm supposed to try to teach, you know, maybe 15 to 30 some students in one classroom, this one topic, make sure they all understand, even though these are 
30 completely different peoples mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to do it in less than an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to, you know, put out results, like all these kids, like look at them all learning and like, realistically like that's not possible like there's no way i can accommodate all those students in less than an hour to make sure they understand you know a topic that's just it's crazy and then there's also other factors in it like those kids like i i liked the phrase they have an invisible backpack there's things they're bringing into school that you don't even know you know what's going on at home so like kid might not be feeling it that day you know they might just you know be too tired something kept them up all night they can't even work you still got to try to make them learn. And it's like, I I don't know. And then there's some kids with undiagnosed, you know, learning disorders that you're just like, I'm pretty sure this kid needs help that I can't provide. But, you know, administration tells you, you got to make it work. And I'm just like, I I can't, that's too much, you know? Yeah, it's like your your part-time counselor, part-time math person, part-time like mini parent, like a bit of everything. Part-time everything, you know? Mm. Part-time driving instructor. I had to give a kid a talk one time about how to drive because I saw him peeling out of the parking lot. And I'm like, if you don't take the time to look left, look right, and look left again. Well done. I might not see you again. (laughs) I'm just like, no. And like, you you become like their, you know, mentor too because you're talking, like there'll be kids that come and talk to you just about whatever is going on, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to give them the best advice, and but you're still trying to maintain that professional relationship, you know, so you still have respect from the student. Like, mm. it's a lot, like, it mm. takes a lot out of you. And I just knew I wouldn't make it if I became a full time teacher, I'd die halfway through. I'm like, there's no possible way I could be a full time teacher. I thought maybe part time or like a tutor or something, yeah, but from what they require from teachers, I said, I can't do it. But you still did it, right? I did it because yeah. of COVID. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because okay. see, when I was graduating, I said, okay, I got, I picked up the concentration in linguistics that included computer science. And, you know, I was still, I still had the, you know, engineering mindset, you know, I still wanted to do something technical. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm kind of interested in data science. Let me go do data science. And I, you know, went, interviewed, found some places, applied to some jobs. It was all going well. I was getting to the final round. Mind you, this is spring of 2020. I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. Like, I might get a job out in California. This could be great. And then, you know, COVID became serious. Everything shut down. All those, you know, offers were rescinded. And I said, oh. (laughs) <laughs> reality just like yes I had a plan there was a destination that was I was <laughs> going somewhere and then oh, left I said oh, okay okay you know mm. so I was like alright it is what it is you know I'm, I'm gonna keep my chin up so you know I was working just at you know the local store at that time so I was like okay let me just keep doing this and I'll see what I'll do mm-hmm. and of course, I eventually, I finished my degree. It was easy because it was like last semester, senior year. Wasn't even taking it seriously to begin with. So I just finished it out. I'm like, okay. Then I went home back to my parents' place, you know, in Minneapolis. And I'm like, all right. Like, let me just apply to things. Let me just try to do something. Let's see what I can do. Yeah. And of course, the one, you know, few jobs that people are looking for or are looking to hire for was one, nurses, and two, teachers. Mm-hmm. everybody was looking for teachers so every day. every day there was another only grad you know from some years back that like posted and i was like oh we're looking for a math teacher da, 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 da. and it was a private school because mind you i didn't get my license because i was like ah no nah, never mind i'm not doing full-time education so i didn't pursue the license anymore mm-hmm. they didn't require a license because they're private they can hire whoever they want so i'm like okay you know what i already got all the training for it i know i can do it Probably not for more than a year, but I know I can do it. So, you know, let me just go be a teacher. Let me let me go do it for the one time. So then that's how I actually ended up teaching at a high school. Okay, was, wow. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It was not my plan at all, at all. But, you know, it worked out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, now you are where you are today, but it's sort of, it's sort of interesting how 
so this backup plan actually ended up becoming your real backup right so like from day one mm-hmm. when you were studying it was always like a backup let, let me just add yeah. it to the side add it to the side you never know and then after covid it became the thing it's yeah like, that was the crazy part i was like i did not think i'd be here i did no. not think i'd be teaching but i was in the middle of covid hybrid teaching i said wow <laughs> And I can't even imagine what it's like. First of all, graduating in COVID. I don't know how you... I actually feel very bad for you lot. I was just like, damn. Is this done? Like, I didn't like my graduation, but at least I had a graduation. You, <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't even have that that choice. So, no, nah, it, it was the time. I can only speak for myself. I know everybody else hated it. I'm an introvert. I enjoyed everyone leaving me alone for four months on end. Just living in my house on campus, just quietly doing my classes. I did miss my friends. I was sad that they all left, you know, before we could even say goodbye. That was sad. But I was like, they're fine. I'll see them again. It's okay. Just let me have my peace. I just (laughs) had my peace for those few months. And I was like, okay, I like this. I like this. Okay, so COVID was hell for everyone else. But for you, it was just like, yes, give me my peace. Yes, I claimed for the introverts. It was our peace. To not be forced to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Every time people are like, "Oh, do you want to try?" Ah, oh, no, COVID, man. I don't, I don't know because of COVID. That was because <laughs> like, no, I outgrew the. Oh, my mom said no excuse, so mm-hmm. now I needed a new one, and COVID was that one. So <laughs> it was helpful. I I appreciated it. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay, so you you did this this teaching job for a year or so, mm-hmm. and then somehow you found your way out into your current role right so tell us a bit about that how did that work yeah so like i knew teaching wouldn't be great but i didn't expect how terrible i felt you know i've had bad jobs i've had jobs where i'm like oh no i can't do this but it was just it was overwhelming like i was good and it was weird because i was good at it so you normally think like oh if i can do it it'll be fine i just gotta you know suffer and it'll be fine because you know that's what my parents taught yeah like oh you're not gonna enjoy all your jobs it's fine just you know make the money and just come home and you know that's all you gotta do but i was suffering and you know my parents taught me to never quit on a job so i'm like yeah yeah uh what am i doing like this is so difficult so literally already like within the first few weeks of like you know past development week you know when teachers are getting ready right. and you know it's like one or two weeks into the actual school year and i'm like i oh my i can't do this like the kids aren't even talking to me i don't know what i'm doing lesson planning is horrible i'm doing my best i swear and i'm here for like ungodly hours and i feel like i'm going nowhere and honestly I think, you know, mentally, a kid might have heard me telepathically because he said, oh, hi, Miss Ruto. And I said, wow, you actually knew my name? Because I swear none of y'all knew my name. So I had to... <laughs> no, I mean, you always remember teachers' names, though. It's just one name, I swear. No, they don't. For the longest time, I could see their face of, like, uh, what's your name? And, like, to their, to, you know, their benefit, we were wearing masks. It is so much harder to recognize people and like remember their name when you can't see their face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of kids I couldn't remember their names either because of the mask. I was like, ah. And they all had the same hairstyle too because they're high schoolers. They all like to you know you know be in style, so they all looked almost the same with their masks on. And it was also a uniform school, so there's really no advantage to recognizing people. So just like hey 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 Timmy, no no not you. The other one. <laughs> I had them start handing in their papers one by one to me so I could mm-hmm. look at their name on the paper and, you know, be able to, like, look at them and just, like, okay, maybe by height. I at least can maybe recognize you by height. And oh, then that's wow. how I started learning some people's names. But that was hard. Yeah. No, but, I mean, back to your original question. I mean, I went through the year and I was like, oh, this is tough. This is tough. And already by the end of the first semester, I'm thinking, okay, how do I get out of this? Like, what do I go do? Because, you know, again, I can't just quit and do nothing mm-hmm. or go back. Like, to go back to just working at a store? No, I can't do that either. No. So I'm like, okay. And, I, you know, you always got to be elevating. You always got to be something better. So I'm like, you know, let me just go to grad school. That's the easy mm-hmm. out. Let me just start applying to grad school. So that was my goal was to, like, apply to grad school and get out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, 
so like I'm you know planning all of this and like I'm trying to apply long story short didn't get in and I was just like what am I going to do you know how were you feeling at that time because you know that's like a very like uh, like I don't know I don't know how you I would have been like oh my gosh I'm a failure type of thing like (laughs) what's wrong with me like what was going through your head I think the the president of the school at the time who's also that only grad you know asked me the right question you know he was saying it kind of jokingly he's like oh is this harder than you know school because you know you went to the same school so he knew how tough St. Olaf was and I was like are you kidding this is way worse I have (laughs) never felt like this are you kidding like I have felt failure but this is failure upon failure and frustration Mm. on top of failure I'm like I I don't think I've ever felt worse yeah. at a time. And his face instantly changed, you know, from laughing to like, oh, dang, you know, like I, I didn't mean it like that, but okay. But no, it was hard because it's like, you know, I'm trying my best and was not succeeding. And I was just like, I, I can't. Like my students did do well. Like I will mm-hmm. say, like I, I didn't make that a priority and I'm proud to say like majority of my student, I want to say most of my students passed as well okay. as they liked math by the time they finished working with me. And so to me, that was like, I did it. You were I good did at what I job. could do. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. But then how do you find this other job then that you got into? Mm, other, how did I find it? Yeah, how did you get find it and then get into it and then that process? Yeah, so I mean, after not getting into um, grad school, I, I just, you know, from the advice of friends, I just was like, I have to quit. I've never quit before, but I, I'm doing it now, you know? But like, cold turkey, you just quit everything. Like, no job, no nothing, just quit. No job, no nothing planned. That was the the crazy... My parents, the way they looked at me when I said, I'm quitting, I can't do this anymore. And they're like, okay, what do you have lined up? And I'm like, nothing. I, I, I don't have anything, but I know I can't do this anymore. No, that was not it. That was not the thing to tell my parents. They were yeah. not happy. Because they're like, no, if, if you're not moving, if you don't have something lined up, you can't just quit. You have to yeah. always be making money. And I'm like, I, it's a salary job. I know for a fact that I'll still be paid up until July. So you know what? Just let me quit now. Let me save whatever piece I have left. So, you know, grad school didn't work out. And I was, of course, starting looking for jobs, you know, once I was like, okay, I'm going to quit. But like, I wasn't in a hurry. I was like, I just... Just give me a minute. Like, this really took a toll on me. Just give me a minute. Mm. And I knew I'd still... I I think I can appreciate teaching for giving me that... Uh, the want to pursue more jobs in education. I knew I still enjoyed it. Mm. I just knew teaching wasn't the way for me. Okay. So I'm like, okay. Let me find something else in that education realm. So I'm applying to all these different things. I'm applying to these nonprofits, you know. One was like trying to get more black teachers in the classroom. Uh, Another one was like education research. I'm like, okay, that sounds nice. And just research Mm -hmm. about students and, you know, how they develop and all these different, like any other type of like education format I was like trying to apply to. Most people were not getting back to me and I was just like, you know, okay, kind of panicking, but kind of not because it was still May, you know? So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm still teaching. Had money coming in. They were still... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was when, you know, graduation happened, said goodbye to all the seniors. And I'm like, yep, confirmed it with everybody. I'm not coming back. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting at home in my apartment. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I have nothing to do that was the craziest part I have nothing to do so I just sat like I just all I did was apply to jobs and then sit at home and I was like okay but like that was the piece I needed Mm. until finally after three months of just applying sitting applying sitting finally found the job that I'm at now at the education foundation mind you I wasn't even excited for it I was Mm. just like okay like this is just another one of the jobs I'm applying to at this point Mm. I'm like, they have education in their name. That's enough for me today. Cause Boom. Step one. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it was enough. Like, I had applied to enough, and I was rejected. Actually, right before I applied to that one, I got rejected from a job that I was actually super excited about. Mm. That was going to be, like, specializing in higher education. I'm like, oh, this could be great. 
And then I eventually, even though I made it to like the second round of interviews, got rejected. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. So then found this one. I'm like, okay, I'll just apply to something else, you know? And then, you know, I submit my application. Mind you, I'm not really taking the time to look at it anymore. I'm just like, you know, filling out what I can. I'm like, okay. Send it off. I get an email back from the executive director, like, saying they want to interview. And I'm like, okay, another interview. Let's just do it. And it was just funny because um, by the time I actually got to doing the interview, you know, um, wasn't what I expected at all. So... I planned, I was ready for this, you know, I was like, okay, let's just try to refine our skills, try to get better at this, at least even if I don't get this job. So I'm like, I'm going to show up early, you know, I'm going to plan this. Like I I even like down to my outfit, Obina, I was ready. I said, I need this to scream that I'm good for this job. So Okay. Okay. Show up. Show. Yes. I show up. Um, They give me directions to the parking ramp next to the building. Or near the building. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, I get there. I'm like a good few minutes early. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And, you know, I pull out my phone to figure out where the building is, right? Because I they only gave me the address for the parking ramp. So, I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay, the building should be right here. So, you know, I put it in Google Maps just to confirm how far am I walking. It said a 13-minute walk. I said, what? That doesn't <laughs> sound right. They yeah. said it was right next to the parking ramp. So I'm just looking around confused because, like, I've never been in this part of the city before. So I'm like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. You know, there's a lady that walks up next to me and she looks at me for a second. I'm like, should I ask her for help? I'm like, she probably doesn't know, you know. So I'm like, okay. I'm just trying not to look awkward. So I just walk out with her so I don't look weird, you know. Yeah. So I'm walking. And I just start in a direction. I'm like, okay, let me just go. And then I go across the street. And I'm looking. And I'm like, oh, wait. That's the building number. And, like, mind you, this is, like, a very, I shouldn't say big, but very long building. So, I'm walking for a second. So, I'm like, okay, this is actually the building. I'm watching the time, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to be late. And, you know, I find the main entrance. I get in, and I'm looking at their board of, like, okay, what offices are in here? I see their name, and I'm like, I didn't make it to the right building. Okay, okay. You know, I'm getting stressed because I'm like, I can't find this place, and I don't think I'm going to find it in time. I'm trying to be on time. And... I go in, you know, no one's around me. I'm like, oh, uh, I can't even ask for help at this point. I should have asked for help before. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go up the, you know, elevator to the third floor. This place is a maze. It makes no sense. There's no straight hallways. It's all curving. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So I'm looking for the number. I find. I finally find the number. I'm probably like 10, 15 minutes late at this point because it took oh, me wow. so long to figure this out. I'm like, dang it. Ah, whatever it is what it is and mind you i'm calling the office because i'm just like hi i'm gonna be late no one's picking up so i'm just like what kind of professionalism is this it's like 10 a.m it's it's not even crazy you know on a wednesday so i'm just like okay get to the office i ring their doorbell this you know one lady opens and she's like hi can i help you and i'm like yes i'm supposed to have an interview today with your executive director and she just looks at me like huh I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean, huh? Um, yes, I'm here for an interview. She's like, okay, do you want to wait for a second in our waiting area? And I'll go talk to her. And I'm just like, okay. And she goes over. Mind you, this is an open concept office. So I don't even know why I'm sitting in the waiting room when it's basically already the office and I can hear the entire conversation. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> She goes over and talks to the executive director. And, you know, I'm kind of hidden behind a wall, though, because, like, it's a little hallway, and so I can't exactly see her. Yeah, yeah. But I hear them talking. So, you know, she's saying, an interview today. I swear I didn't have an interview today. And so I'm like, okay. And then she goes in her office, and I hear her rummaging around. I hear her open her laptop, type, type, typing. And then she's looking, she's looking, and she's like, I don't, it's, it's, I'll go talk to her. And then out comes the, <laughs> you know, lady. And I look at her and I'm like, oh my God, that's a lady from the parking ramp. And I'm just like, yes, it was her. The same lady I was staring at in the parking ramp. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I should have just asked for help. I'm shaking my head. You know, it's pride, man. It's pride. I'm telling you, you should have just asked for help. I should have. Because I looked so dumb in that moment. I could have solved all my problems if I would have just asked for help in that moment. 
because she comes and she's like, oh, hi. Like, she she recognizes me from seeing her a few seconds ago. So I'm like, yeah. oh, hi. And she's like, yeah, so I don't think we have, you know, an interview today. Um, It is for next Wednesday. And I'm looking at my phone. I was the one who misread. It wasn't that Wednesday. It was the next Wednesday. My calendar, oh, my calendar no. was so empty and I'm not used to that. I'm normally a busy, busy body. That it just showed me my next appointment was on a Wednesday and I assumed it was that Wednesday. Nope, it was the next Wednesday. So oh, I was I like, mean, at oh. least you still showed up early. <laughs> I did show up early. I did show up early. And it was just so funny. But she still gave me a tour of the office. She's just like, you know, I might as well show you around since you're here. And, you know, I talked to them for a little bit. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Thank you guys for understanding. I'm so sorry. And she's like, it's all right. Well, I will see you in a week. And I'm like, thank you. I'll see you in a week. You know, I come back next week, of course, and I do my interview. I knew where the place was. So, of course, I was early and on time. And I'm like, okay. And it went a lot better. It was just really funny because a couple weeks later, you know, after, you know, I've been, like, my job been hired, everyone's excited, yeah. like, oh, this is our new person. And they're like, yeah, our executive director, she came back. She came in, the same lady who's now, like, my coworker, and, you know, I also hang out with her on the weekends. Like, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. She came in the office that morning and said she saw this one girl in the parking ramp who looked like she could fit the job. And she was like, she was saying how like oh she really liked your outfit and wanted to offer you it but you look like you're in a hurry so she decided just to leave it you know and not say anything what and I was like wow what what kind of divine intervention is that that was so funny to me i was like huh so wait wait so but you didn't so she just saw you off in the distance i was just like i can see me working with her yes what the hell okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, you know? You got to trust those gut instincts because it's led to, you know, the best job I've had, honestly, yeah. ever in my life before where I actually enjoy going to work. I'm actually excited. I like mm. to see my coworkers. I like to talk to them. And I'm excited for the work that I do every day. So I'm like, yeah. You got to oh, trust wow. the gut instincts. Yeah. Wow, okay. So you that's a story and a half as well. I, don't, I mean, on a side note, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, about coming late to interviews. I remember this interview that I did. It was for Excel yeah. Energy. Um, <laughs> and it was one of those ones out. you know, when you just, similar to what you were saying, you know, when you're just tired of applying and you're just applying, you're like, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. I don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's his name? Yeah. So that, that happened. And so I had this interview with Excel Energy and I arrived, um, but I was 15 minutes late due to, Due to bad planning on my part, I it's whatever. Ended up walking into the building and and into the interview room, and they're just like, "You are 15 minutes late." And I was just like, "Yeah, well, you know, I made a joke, parking, da da da." But we're here now, so let's have a good time. That's like li- that was literally my tone. I wasn't. I just didn't care anymore. I was just like, "Whatever." Yeah. Half the interview wasn't even us asking asking questions because I think they just wrote me off after me coming late. I think they just didn't care anymore. Yeah. We ended up just chatting, whatever, whatever. And I thought I wouldn't get the job. I was like, whatever, it's whatever. I'm just talking, 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 talking. Uh, it was meant to be 30 minutes. We ended up talking for an hour. And I was like, bye. I'm sorry again for being late, but you both are really cool people. We should like reach out on LinkedIn and just connect. And they were like, whatever. Then next week I got the job. So ah! it's, it's an interesting thing how sometimes as much as one can prepare and be whatever, it's, it's just the vibe between people. Oh yeah. Really get you the job over the actual answering questions and stuff. Yeah, it absolutely is. Because I mean, that is my job is to prepare our scholars yeah. for after you know graduation. Because I am the career services and internship program coordinator. So literally, I'm telling them all the time. Like you can, like I will tell you how to do a good resume. I'll tell you how to do a good cover letter. I'll tell you how to do all these things to try to set you up for a job. But the main thing is talking to people and connecting with people Mm. and just, you know, building that network of people because you can, you know, have the greatest grades in the world. You can, you know, be so talented, so skilled. But someone told me this once where they're like, people hire who they want to work with. If they don't really like you and they don't really want to work with you, they're not going to hire you. And I'm like, that is true. I've learned that. I've seen that people will hire who they want to work with. Mm. rather than you know like all oh, the most skilled person out of the bunch you know 
So yeah, so lesson I guess is like be a good person to the one. Be a good person. Be a good person. Be a good person. Um, be a decent person. Be a decent. Yeah. Okay, that's this is cool. So we've kind of seen your journey in terms of career and finding this job that you now love and you're now in, in like a good place. Mm-hmm. And we we're gonna dive into that a bit more as well. But I kind of want to go back because you also said you come from like a Kenyan American um, mm-hmm. household. That's like where you're from, isn't it? So tell me again, what was it like growing up? So you you grew up in Kenya and then came here, like? No, for the most that. part, I did grow up in the U.S. I left Kenya when I was about three. Okay. So no real good form conscious memory of it. You know, okay. it's the weird like feeling of like I remember certain like there's certain smells that trigger things and certain mm. like. Like, I'll see pictures and know who those people are, even though I haven't met them in my conscious life, if that makes sense. And it's just okay. crazy to me sometimes. But basically, no. Grew up in the U.S. mostly. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia for, like, uh, what was it, eight years? Mm-hmm. Lived down there in the South for a while. Ooh, that was tough, you know, um, because... It was tough? Everyone wants to okay. go to Atlanta, and you're saying it was tough. Okay, I would go to Atlanta now. Atlanta okay. in the 90s? okay no it was different we were like the first few you know african immigrant families like Mm. you know all the immigrants that are there now are more established before Mm -hmm. like we were the first few there so like it was a it was harder like we tried to stick together as much as we could but like still like it was super difficult like going to school was so hard because like it wasn't until i was in like high school that i realized i could like i was going to school with other african immigrant children Mm-hmm. so like elementary school like yes i was black and most people were black in the classroom but they knew i was african they could smell it they could hear <laughs> the way i talked like yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter if i grew up in the u.s i still had african parents i picked up their accent you know so i talked like them so you know i was, I was getting bullied you know for being you know you know uh, african immigrant they're just like oh you african booty scratcher which i still don't get you know that's still the i sweet. don't understand where that term comes from it's right? so confusing i to think me. it's the dumbest insult but it was what it was mm-hmm. you know i remember being bullied in preschool that was the stuff that really got to me that was being bullied in preschool like i had other little kids shoving me in closets and mind you now that i'm older and i look at these little mini humans i'm like Okay, how did I let that little thing push me into a classroom? <laughs> that's no, actually crazy. That's, so that's like, before they knew what they were doing, they were just like, nah, this girl, we gotta get... <laughs> yeah, she's different. You can't have her here. And I was just hurt. I was like, what did I do to y'all? I didn't do anything, you know? Yeah. And like, oh, it, it was just rough because I, I would say that's what started like my insecurities is from a young age i was like ah no like this isn't it you know Mm, especially mm. like african parents they're not gonna you know compliment you on anything besides if you may have gotten an a plus maybe on a good day they'll say good job (laughs) you know so i was just sitting there insecure this it was not good i was like oh no so Mm. you know i wasn't i wasn't as outgoing as i am now i'm not i wasn't what was it confident or anything like that i was just I was just a shy little child, you know? It was bad, because by the time, so, like, we eventually left Atlanta, and we moved to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And there was, actually, there was actually a lot more African immigrants in Minnesota because it was easier to get a job. Like, yeah. I, I felt like there's like, a giant migration of, like, a, especially for at least Kenyan Americans, there's a huge migration of them to the Midwest because mm-hmm. it was just easier to get a job there. So, you know, we're all here chilling, but, like, I'm, of course, still insecure because, you know, I've never felt confident. Mm-hmm. And I still remember in second grade in Minnesota, second or third grade, you know, the teacher I had at that time, wonderful woman, Miss Zemsky, she had traveled, like, all over the world before teaching. And now she's teaching at this random, you know, elementary school in a suburb of Minneapolis. And I'm just like, yeah. whatever. But she was so sweet to me and so kind to me. And she's like, oh, you're from Kenya? I've actually been there. I'm looking at this white woman telling me she's been to Kenya. Like, what? Mm. Oh, okay, okay. You know, because I'm <laughs> so used to people making fun of me for it. And she's telling me all these great things. And so I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's the one. And, she's the yeah, one. she's a sweetheart. But, like, I still didn't talk that much, you know. And this woman was, de- like, she was very convinced she could get me to talk. And I still remember the time where she knew I knew the answers for things. You know, she knew I was smart. I listened. I studied. 
And so she was asking a question to the class. You know, everybody's raising their hand to answer, except me, of course. And she's like, Nancy, I want you to talk. And I'm just like, ooh. You know? I was like, ah, I don't, I, I don't know. But I was just like, you know, I just quickly said the answer, whatever it was. It was the gasp you could hear in the room of just, <gasps> all them little kids just being dramatic too. Just, <gasps> and then there was one kid in the corner. I've never heard her voice before. Whoa, okay, it was that bad. It was okay. that bad. Like, it I'm not exaggerating, bad. it was that bad. I did not talk, man. People thought I was mute. I was just, I just, I was just like, nope, I'm gonna keep to myself. I was mute. Wait, okay. Did you get the answer right, though? Or, or, I did, or, of course. Okay. <laughs> I got it right. You got it right. Okay. At least you got. You know, if it's the first time talking, and you got it wrong. It would be a bit. Mad, that would have right? been worse. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been worse. Oh my goodness, that would have been so much. You know, I think she kind of regretted picking on me too, because she mm-hmm. once she could see my face, and two. She had to try to get everybody else's attention again after that. Like the class was not the same. They were just all distracted. Like that's what she sounds like. You know, the, and you know the teacher's trying to get us back. Like okay, okay, back yeah. to the topic. And the kids are still talking. Oh, I didn't even know Nancy could talk. I thought she just couldn't talk. Mm. So I think you know. So then, like, just... how did you get out of that? How did you become? Mm. At what stage? What things happened that made you feel more confident or comfortable in yourself to be able to speak? Why did it make me feel more... Well, hmm, that was a tough one. So it was kind of a combination of, like, inner working slash friends helping, okay. you know? Because it's kind of hard to make friends if you're not talking, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sign language only goes so far, you know? Like... Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> especially when you don't know it. Especially when you... <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm trying to communicate with people through grunts and just hand gestures. It's not working. <laughs> but like, un- honestly, I think it was one, you know, just the one or two people trying to be nice to me. And then I can maybe say one or two words, you know, and talk to them. I want to say like fourth or fifth, no, fifth grade, I met my best friend. Mm-hmm. And like, I, at that time, I was still working to try to talk a little bit more. Like, as long as I was comfortable, I could talk just a little bit more. But like, teachers still came back to my parents saying, Oh, Nancy, she you know she's great. She just she just doesn't talk very much. And like we're trying to get her to talk and it's just really difficult. And they're like, yeah. And like my parents weren't concerned at all. They're like, oh, she's she's being a good kid and getting good grades. Okay, that's all we need to hear, you know? So they just like they'd get frustrated with me when I didn't talk, but they just give up. They're like, it, it is what it is. So I'm just like, you know, letting it happen. And so, you know, fifth grade, I started to get comfortable because there I met my best friend. You know, she's Nigerian, her family's Nigerian. So they are so much louder than any other family I've seen. I'm just, because, you know, my East African reserve family group, our functions are quiet, man. You wouldn't even know we're having a party. And then I go over, you know, her parents like me because I'm African, and I'm just like, ooh, that's the first, okay. And so I get to come over, and, like, I get to see their family, and they're just, you know, loud, having fun. I'm just like, oh, okay. And I'm getting just more comfortable, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward to like middle school, I hit a point where I got tired of being shy. Okay. I was like, I can't do it. It's not working for me. There's things I want to do in this life. Like I don't want to suffer all the time. And I noticed that it takes talking to do it. You mm. know, mm. like you've seen other people get what they want. It's because they're able to say what they want. So I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So, you know, I've gotten comfortable with a few friends. So I'm like, okay, I feel like, like I'm not, you know, that weird anymore. And like, I've met other Africans. So it's not that crazy. Like I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not too insecure anymore. So I'm like, okay, you know, I made myself like a step-by-step plan. I was like, okay, first step, I'm gonna compliment a random person like that. I remember that. That was my first you thing. Went down to like the like co- like the core. You're just like step one to get yes. into. It. Damn. Okay. I'm a, I'm a strategic person. I need a step-by-step with an end goal and result for me to know what I'm doing. So I'm like, okay, first step. I'm going to go talk to somebody. I'm going to go, uh, go compliment somebody. Mm-hmm. And it had to be someone I didn't know. That was my rule for myself. Because mm-hmm. I could compliment my friends easy. It's easy to be like, oh, I like your shoes today. I like that. No, this had to be someone completely random. It was some girl that was like three or four grades ahead of me. You know, 
I saw this girl always dressed nice to school. I always saw her. And so just like one day I was like, hey, I like your shoes. And she's like, oh, thanks. Because, you know, I was a quiet kid. So she just yeah. looked at me like, you talk to me? And I was like, and she's like, oh, thanks. And I'm like, I did it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to push it. I'm like, where did you get them? And she's like, oh, I, I think Marshalls or something. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I was just so proud of myself. I'm like, I did step one and I pushed a little further. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. I said, okay, I did that. I talked to somebody. And like from there, I just kept trying to progress and just kept slowly talking to people and just, you know, trying to get over that shyness. Mm. So then by the time, you know, I hit high school, like I was, I was pretty good. You know, I could talk to people. I could, you know, at least, you know, voice my concern or my needs or my wants. And I was like, okay, like you're doing it. You're doing it. I'm proud of you. So that was, that was the process of you going from shy town talk to didn't now too much talking, Nancy. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Because you need a talking to, so it's fine. <laughs> but no, that's it's interesting though, because I I don't think that's spoken a lot about the fact that sort of like the insecurity of being an African and being part of the diaspora in this in 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 America, where you know it's not exactly the coolest thing to be known as African at the mm-hmm. time, right? Um, oh yeah. And so and how that affected you mentally and just thinking, okay, I can't you know talk as much. But right. now it's like the opposite. It's now everyone's just like, yo, big right. up the motherland. It's the complete oh, opposite to what it was. It is so different. Because I look at my little sister. She's like, what, 10, 11 years younger than me? Mm-hmm. So confident. Mm. Every day. She's proud to be like, she reps her middle name. Are you kidding? I never told nobody my middle name. Because uh, for all culture... Um, your middle name is, you know, one, what my family calls me. Okay. Like, they don't call me Nancy. They call me Chepkuri. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And not only that, it means something. Like, it is when you're born, your name is based off of that. So, yeah. like, for example, my name means born when people are waking up. And, you know. Wait, say say that again. Say that again. Born when people are waking up. Okay. So, um, there's a system where all the girls are named Chep and all the boys are named Kip. So my brother's middle name starts with Kip. And I kept that to myself. Are you kidding? That was something I was like, I'm going to hold this sacred because I don't trust anybody with it. Mm-hmm. Like I've already been made fun of. What you're not going to do is make fun of my name. You know, especially the one that my grandma calls me. You're not going to yeah. make fun of that. Mm. This girl has it on her Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, how? Different generation. I'm like, that's crazy. I mean, okay, okay. And like, it's just crazy to see them like super proud and everything and like repping it so hard because, you know, they didn't really like, yeah, or did they have a easy upbringing? Not, not too much, you know, but it, it just wasn't the same. Like yeah. they grew up next to other African immigrants. So it wasn't the same for them. So I'm like, yeah, must have been nice. <laughs> Must have been nice. Must have been nice. It's different now, but I mean, I think it's better as well because I, I I think a lot of the time owning that identity for us now helps us a lot in our careers and oh, moving yeah. forward, right? Because that's the part that makes us unique and oh yeah, know, yeah. I see the difference in myself. The the insecure versus the like. No, I'm proud of who I am. Yeah, and you're like the in between of. You know, I'm trying to get to confidence level, but I still wasn't proud of where I see the difference in those levels. Mm. And like, it's so different when I'm like, no, I'm proud of where I come from. I'm proud of who I am. Mm. Yes, I'm Kenyan American. You know, like some people make me feel bad of like, oh, you're African. I'm like, no, I'm happy to be Kenyan. And then, you know, other Kenyans would be like, oh, but you're Americanized. I'm like, yeah, mm. I'm proud of it. You know, My this was thing. Me. It's a whole me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And like, there's a difference when you can like accept all of that, you know, all of it together and, you know, be happy with it. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. I'm pretty freaking amazing. Like, I'm proud of what I've been through, what I've come through and where I am now. And I'm only going further. So please. It's okay. Okay. Like, I'm okay. No matter what you got to say, I'm okay. I'll be okay. Yeah. Whew, okay. I feel like that, that's, like, the message I want to take from this from this conversation. I love that. Especially because <laughs> your story literally illustrates someone going from, I don't want to speak to, I'm okay, 
you know what, and I'm going to move further. And like, I love that, like, yeah. all right, that's beautiful. Just speaking in front of a class now. Ooh, little me would have never seen that coming. Yeah. You told me I would have been the teacher. Ah. Mm-mm. Ah. Nuh-uh. You no. still got the answers right, though. So, you know, either way, you, you, you'd have been somewhere. You'd have been I, somewhere. <laughs> are you kidding? I was a good student. Are you kidding? I was like the best student. I was always the teacher's favorite. Okay, yeah, so you were the teacher's pet. All right, okay. That, that's a whole other thing, then. I don't know. I'm proud um, of it. I'm proud to be a teacher's pet. Are you kidding? <laughs> you get away with more. People don't, don't realize that. You get away with more. Because even if I did something wrong, teachers were convinced I didn't do it. Oh. Like, I literally do something wrong, and they'd be like, Nancy didn't do that. No. See? No, there's yeah. no way. See, this is what I'm saying. You used to be, like, shifty and stuff in uni. I knew <laughs> there was something going on, you know? I was just like, mm, there's no way this, this girl is, like, completely nice. I doubt it. I doubt it. There oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying I was nice. I said I was a good student. <laughs> okay. I didn't say that. I said I was a good student. <laughs> I didn't do too much, but I did just enough. Hmm. Okay, so... We've seen the growth of Nancy, who you were to who you are today. We've seen how you've sort of found your career that you you, you now love and you're now trying to like build up. For mm-hmm. you, I guess, just a couple of questions just to round up the interview, right? So first one for you is, at this point for you, what does success look like? Mm. That's a deep one. I feel like success looks like you know, you waking up happy, mm-hmm. you know, because I've been in that point where it's like, ah, I wake up and I'm, 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 I'm upset, you know, I'm just like, oh, life just sucks. But when you wake up and you're like, you don't have to be like overjoyed, over the moon, bubbly person, but like you just wake up and you're like, okay, like you can be happy slash content, you know, just okay. happy with life in that moment. I feel like that's success. And that doesn't necessarily mean like a dollar amount in your account. That doesn't mean you're working some, you know, high-level job. Because I, I remember learning my lesson early when I had an internship at this fancy, you know, company, international. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you got an internship there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. And I was so proud of myself, too. I was making good money for an internship, too. I think I remember at that point I was actually making more than my dad. You know, that I was working, you know, a manual labor job. And he told his friends about this, and that was the crazy Because <laughs> I had my dad's friends coming up to me. So, your father tells me you're doing what? And, you know, they're telling me how much I make. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they're giving you the number. <laughs> Baba, what are you saying to these people? Like, <laughs> no, I was making such good money. But, oh, my gosh, that job was boring. I was like, uh, and I just accepted it because I was like, okay, I'm making good money. This is what people say success is like working for a company like this. I have my dad's friends gassing me up. So I'm like, you know, I must be doing something good. But, you know, I'd come home just, you know, not that excited about anything, you know, not too happy, not too sad. Just like, eh. you know, I'd be talking to my neighbors and, you know, I'd be seeing my brother with his friends down the street playing basketball. And I'm like, oh, I wish they had a basketball court, the you know, park, and I'm just, like, seeing, like, even though I was doing well, I was, like, still seeing the issues around me, and I was just, like, dang, this isn't that fun, you know, Mm. and then I remember another summer, I didn't get another internship at that same place, you know, I somehow must, I think I applied late or something, I was a little too overconfident, (laughs) so I ended up interning at a local nonprofit instead, Mm. and I was, like, okay, and I knew the lady, and I was just, like, she'd be fun to work under, so this would be fine, I was so happy to go to work every time I entered. I was excited. I was like, this is so much fun. I was helping the community. Like, literally, we were doing things, and I could see, like, the people in my own, you know, neighborhood benefiting from it. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. This is great. Now, was I getting paid? No. Mm. I was barely making it. I was just like, but I'm in love with this. This is so much better than the job I was making a whole bunch of money. And, you know, from then, I was just like, you know, I just need to make enough so I can live and be doing something that I enjoy. Because that that was the key balance for me for my success was like, okay, I, I have, I'm making enough to live. Great. Now, am I doing something that I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's get it done. Like, I'm excited for this work. Like, because that's what's important. That's what makes me happy. Yeah. I could see the difference in myself waking up 
excited to go to, you know, this nonprofit versus just waking up to another regular, regular day to go to this expensive, you know, internship that's like prestigious. So I'm like, okay. So yeah, I'd, I'd say when you wake up and you're like, yes, let's, let's do today. I'd say that's success. Oh, I love that. And I, and I love how you gave the two contrasting examples as well. Um, and I, I guess that's one advantage that you took in me, right? By having those different experiences, you got to narrow down exactly what you're looking for in terms yes. of work. Yeah. Okay. So then, okay. So that what's some advice that you give to someone else trying to find their career, trying to find, you know, what's that thing that will make them wake up and hopefully be happy slash content? What's some advice that you give? Some advice. So let's say to someone who just graduated and oh okay they've been out for like a year or two but they're still trying to figure out what they want to do what's some advice that you give one stop listening okay not necessarily stop listening but um take anything people tell you with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. so when you have people because i had people telling me oh you should apply to this job you should apply to that job you'll make so much money here and it's like like this one I remember this one person was really trying to, you know, because he he was trying to help. I could see it. He worked for this financial investment company of some sort. Mind you, I hate finance. I can't do anything in finance. Please don't ever ask me to work it. <laughs> so he's, you know, doing and he's telling me about how like he gave up his, you know, job that he actually liked for his family to do this so that his family could afford to do what they do now. And I'm like, that's an amazing story. But that's not me. Mm. I've already, you know, I've already given most of my life to my siblings. I've already given most of my life to my family. Like, I, I'm not going to keep doing that. I'm going to go, you know, and find something that I actually enjoy. And so it's like taking that grain of salt that everybody tells you. Because everyone's going to give you advice. Everyone's yeah. going to tell you what to do. Everyone's going to be like, oh, you should go do this. You should try this. Figure out what you want to do. And, like, that, I feel like that's the second thing is, like, take time for yourself to figure out what you enjoy. Because I feel like when I talk to students, a lot of times they don't even know what they enjoy because mm. they're so used to, you know, working to make ends meet or, you know, just doing whatever it is they're told by their parents. So they don't even know the things they enjoy anymore. And like, mind you, they might have been playing soccer since like the age of six and they're still doing it at college. They don't even really enjoy it. Their parents signed them up when they were six and they're just like, OK, this is what I do now. Yeah. And, like, it's not even, like, something they actually enjoy. So take the time to figure out things you like. And go, like, and don't be afraid to, you know, go figure it out by yourself. Because mm. I, I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't know. And they feel like they need someone to validate them to do it. It's like, no, just go do it. Go figure it out. But take the time. And it'll work out. Like, as long as you're true to what you want to do. Okay, damn. And I think that's, like, a perfect place to just end the conversation. <laughs> Yo. true be true to what you want to do as long as that's it that's it no i love that i love that nancy thank you for your time yeah appreciate that of course appreciate you of course of course it's been fun ob yeah always is always is all right do you have anything else you want to say just like final words or, or, or like that's you've said everything final words what are my final words nothing <laughs> I've, I've got nothing else to say you know just keep smiling it's oh. okay Okay, so if people want to connect with you, how do they find you? Oh, oh, that's a good question. You should have, you know, told me to prepare some. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, the best place to find me, I would say, is LinkedIn. Nancy Ruto. You'll find me. I work for the Page Education Foundation. There's not that many Nancy Rutos, I think, on there yet. So, you know, okay. I think I should be pretty easy to find on there. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the number one go-to. I don't, I'm not a big social media person, so... Oh, that's calm. I'll I'll add your LinkedIn in the description and all that. Cool. But thank you, Nancy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something from it. A lot has been said, but I think the standout message here is that regardless of who you think you are right now or how life is lifing you at the moment, change will come if you're willing to just lean in. Nancy went from people not knowing what she sounded like to her job being to speak life into people. So just know that that is possible for you. As always, if you have any feedback or recommendations of people to interview, please don't hesitate to reach out. And remember, as African people, we are a free people. We are Afri people. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day and look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Peace.